inspiration of spirit, the liberation of love, the inspiration of spirit, the liberation of love, the Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Kensington Unitarian Sunday Gathering here on Zoom. For those of you I've not met before, my uh, name is Sarah Tinker and I'm the fairly recently retired minister of this great congregation. And I'm still really committed to, uh, to our community and to its message that you might have seen on that logo at the start that message of open-hearted, open-minded inclusivity, compassion, conscience, and spirituality, bringing us together. It's good to see you all. And I bid a warm welcome to all of those who might be listening in to a podcast of this service sometime in the future, or watching a video of the service on YouTube. And if you are with us on Zoom this morning, you're really welcome to just join in at a level that's right for you. It's fine just to sit back and listen, maybe switch off your video if that feels more comfortable for you. And there's no need to join in in any active way, although there are opportunities to speak and sing at several points in this gathering. But as in all Unitarian activities, you're really welcome to just choose for yourself what's right for you. Our theme today is adversity and the human spirit. It's about how we deal with difficulties in our own lives and in the life of the world. And I think that's a key issue for many of us in these somewhat troubling times. Um, and I'm really glad to be joined by Karina Dolso in leading this service for you today. Our hope is that there'll be something in this service that speaks to you wherever you are in life and whatever is going on for you, whatever you're feeling this morning, whatever's on your mind. So let's take a moment, all of us, let's take a moment to get a sense of how each of us is feeling this morning. What it is we're bringing to this gathering. 
knowing that we can create this as a sacred time and space by our presence here together. Making this a time for our own thoughts, uh, an opportunity for opening ourselves to new insights and possibilities. If you like doing this, why don't we all now take a, a conscious connecting breath together. Breathing in and out. And let's take this moment as a chance to, to get a sense of what it is we most need this morning. And I'm lighting this, our chalice flame. It's connecting us with the worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist movement. And it's one light reminds us that we are one people living one life on this, our one planet Earth home. Some opening words from Maureen Killoran now for every time. For every time we make a mistake and decide to start again, we light this chalice. For every time we are lonely and we reach out to another, we light this chalice. For every time we're disappointed and we choose to hope, we light this, our chalice flame. And it welcomes you this morning. The Violin Maker by Megan McKenna. Once upon a time, there was a master violin maker. His instruments were exquisite and the sound that could be drawn forth from them was beyond description. He only accepted a small number of apprentices and he took them through the long and arduous process of making a violin from the choice of the tree to how to string a piece at the very end, after the varnish. There was one apprentice, an especially adept one, who had trouble with only one aspect of the process, the choice of wood. He had mastered all the other levels, but would balk at the choice of which tree to mark and cut to form the base of the violin. Finally, the master took him out to the forest again. It was the dead of winter, a frightfully cold and windy day, with snow swirling and ice thickly hung in all the trees. They walked north and the master started marking out the trees. Why? The apprentice queried. Why these? The master answered. They face due north and they take the brunt of the wind the chill and the ice, they make the best violins. They returned, the storm grew stronger and the student asked his teacher, master, doesn't it bother you to think about the trees that you have marked standing alone in the wind, standing against all this ice and fury? Have you no pity for them? The master eyed him and smiled. No, not at all. 
You see, they are being tuned. Now, I'd like to lead you into a time of prayer, a prayer that I've written for you this morning. Um, so please make yourselves comfortable, close your eyes or direct your gaze away from any distractions. Let yourself turn inward and find the quiet, still space inside yourself. The place which also helps you connect with others and that which is greater than ourselves. Spirit of life and love, the mystery that surrounds us all, that which we can't touch, but which we can know. When we are faced with tough times in our lives, may we see the gift of love and connection that we can find with others. If we find that we are struggling, help us to acknowledge the strength we can find within ourselves to carry on. When the world seems like it is cold and uncaring, may we find the light within us to shine and warm ourselves and others. May we find the beauty amongst what might seem like ugliness and despair. The beauty and hope of sunrises and the light of stars in the night sky after sunset. May we act in kindness towards others who might be facing adversity, which we can't see. May we show compassion to others who are in need of our understanding. May we show love and understanding for ourselves so that we can heal our wounds and help others with theirs. May we reach out to those who might need our help and let them know that they are not alone. May we find purpose and meaning in our lives which will spur us on through difficult times. May we transform our struggles into love, courage, and beauty to live more peacefully and be guided by our desire to live 
in harmony with ourselves and others. Amen. Oh, thank you for that prayer, Karina. It spoke to my condition, as they say. And um, it's time for our first hymn now. Um, this hymn is called Moods of Summer. It's written by a, a much appreciated Unitarian minister and hymn writer, Sidney Knight. And he's comparing the many moods of summer to the ups and downs in our own lives. I really like the way he writes it so poetically. My goodness, haven't we experienced summer's moodiness uh, this summer of 2021 here in Britain? The words are going to appear on our screens and we'll all be muted. So feel free to sing out loud or hum and or simply sit back and listen, whatever feels right for you.
an old favourite, that hymn. I hope you enjoyed it too. I've not sung it for quite a long time, but Jane tells me she used it only a few weeks ago. So yeah, beautiful, uplifting lyrics. Chloe, I agree with you. So we're moving into the meditative time of our service now, but I'm going to start with a, a reading that's a little longer than uh, usual, and it's uh, from our much, much quoted John O'Donoghue, the um, Irish priest and philosopher who died a, a few years ago now, uh, much too soon. Um, I really recommend his writings to people because I think he manages to express poetically some of the experiences that we all have. In this piece, he's writing about the beauty of woundedness, the beauty of woundedness. That's quite a phrase, isn't it? And they're not perhaps words that we'd naturally put together, beauty and wounds. But I wonder if some of these ideas will resonate with you. They're, they're quite um, densely written. So I've broken this reading up into a few short sections and I'll pause between each of them so it can all sink in a little bit. So John O'Donoghue writes... Oh, there are times when life seems little more than a matter of struggle and endurance. When difficulty and disappointment form a crust around the heart. Because it can be deeply hurt, the heart can harden. Yet though the music of the heart may grow faint, there is in each of us an unprotected place that beauty can always reach out and touch. And when we decide to explore our lives through creative expression, it is often surprising to discover that the things that almost destroyed us are the very things that want to talk to us. The wound has left its imprint. And the dark providence of suffering wants to somehow illuminate our lives so that we can now discover the unseen gift that is bequeathed. Beauty is not all brightness. In the shadow lands of pain and despair, we may find slow, dark beauty. Where woundedness can be refined into beauty, a wonderful transfiguration takes place. For instance, compassion is one of the most beautiful presences a person can bring to the world. 
and most compassion is born from one's own woundedness. When you have felt deep emotional pain and hurt, you are able to imagine what the pain of the other is like. Their suffering touches you. This, this is the most decisive and vital threshold in human experience and behavior. Powerful words, I think, from John O'Donoghue, and they can lead us now into our time of meditation. When you might want to consider how adversity has shaped you in life. Like those trees chosen by the violin maker. And have there, have there been times for you when something new has emerged out of difficulty? Have, have we occasionally found beauty or creativity, as O'Donoghue suggests, in some of our wounded places? So let's ready ourselves for this quiet time. Feel free to switch off your camera, lie down for a while, perhaps. Soften your gaze or close your eyes. And our meditation is going to start with two minutes silence. And that's followed by our church pianist, Peter Crockford, playing part of Beethoven's Pathétique uh, Sonata. This was written um, when he was still in his 20s, yet already showing that remarkable ability to, to feel life's poignant qualities and express them in his musical compositions. And our chalice flame will be on our screens as a video, so we can focus on that if we want. But let's start by taking one of those focusing breaths, releasing as we breathe out, slowing our breathing and allowing it to soften and release some of the tension our bodies are almost designed to hold. Let's be aware of the earth beneath us holding us steady, the air around us lifting us, helping us straighten our spines and encouraging our shoulders to move back and down. Any facial tension of the cheeks and foreheads gently releasing. I know some people really like to imagine releasing all the very small muscles in our, our feet and our toes. They too can enjoy a sense of release. We can let go for a while as we enter this fellowship of silence together.
At some points in our lives, we are all faced with adversity. Adversity might be defined as a difficult or unpleasant situation. These challenges can be relatively small or they may be enormous and devastating or might rumble on for years and we can't see an end in sight. But either way, tough times are gonna happen to us all or at many points in our lives. And we know too well that some people's lives are filled with difficulties and others have far less to bear. How do we humans get through these times? Might adversity sometimes strengthen us like the violin would we heard about in the story earlier on. From childhood, we grow up hearing, reading and watching stories about adversity. Stories told to us of our own family members or those we read about in books or see in films or TV. Stories of people, families, even animals who are faced with difficult and unpleasant situations not necessarily always life-threatening, but situations which throw up obstacles to overcome and difficult times to endure. The characters must find ways to come together and draw from their inner strengths and find ways to grow. Now imagine if every story we read or were told ended with all the characters unable to overcome a difficult situation turning back, not bothering to look for ways to keep going, or simply choosing to give up. If all the stories we were told ended like this, we might have a very different view of how to approach and how to live through adversity. We might start to believe that the human spirit is not meant to endure, overcome and grow. Instead, we know from stories based in truth and fiction of people who choose courage, dedication, awareness, insight, inner strength and resourcefulness. We know that the human spirit is driven not only to endure and survive, but also learn, grow and transform. These stories of overcoming adversity are actually a good way of preparing us for later in life. Knowing about people who have lived through tough times can also give us a backdrop for our own lives and can form part of our inner language about ourselves and our capabilities. The stories I refer to highlight bravery and courage rather than revenge and vengeance. These stories involve sorrow and pain that leave our characters wounded from the adversity they have faced. And it is how they reshape themselves and their lives, which is where we can also draw inspiration in our own tough times. My parents and grandparents told me their stories and they always stuck in my mind and formed a basis of inspiration in my own life. My father grew up in post-war Italy and my mother grew up on a remote farm in Australia. Their true stories of struggle, loss, hardship and survival made me not only understand the people that they were, but that facing adversity can come with a choice. I wonder what you've learnt 
about life's difficulties from your own families. Living through adversity can reshape us. We must be careful not to let us dwell in anger and fear and not let it shut ourselves off from growth and connection. Adversity, if we choose to let it, will teach us resilience, humility, courage, perseverance, and perspective. I think it's important to keep a kind of adversity spectrum. This helps me enormously to know that I've faced tough times and got through them and a reminder of the resilience that we've developed. It helps me feel more confident about riding the waves in my own life. I've learned to trust myself, which makes it much easier to face difficulties head on and reframe them to find a constructive way to deal with a situation. I can draw on how I dealt with the tough times and use this to plan out how I'll get through any tough times ahead that I know will inevitably come. Even if I'm scared, I now simply accept that this is part of life, part of being human, and something that goes hand in hand with the beauty and joy that life brings. John O'Donoghue talks about the woundedness we face in life and how there is beauty in this. It is through adversity that we are wounded. We can become broken down, beaten, and left feeling raw and fragile. And we must not sit in a place of pity and anger. That will only make us shut off and reject the beauty inside and around us. We can also look at this as an opportunity to deeply understand the full range of the human condition. It's not until we have faced real adversity, real struggle and deep, deep pain that we can really have a deep compassion for others. Knowing pain, suffering and hardship is different to imagining it, what it must be like. If we've never experienced some of the darker side of life, if we've never been wounded, then we're just looking at it as if through a window. There is something between us to protect us. If you've been through that window, so to speak, then you can't go back. You can't unknow what you now know. You feel it firsthand. This can actually make you a powerful beacon for others who have experienced the same level of suffering and those who need guidance through their own storms. This is the new gift you now have and you can share it with others. When you have been broken, when you have lived through difficult periods, it can also open a perspective that the smallest and sometimes the most mundane things about life are precious and beautiful. Suddenly you can see the wonderment in the everyday and the deep sense of gratitude that can emerge that possibly wasn't known to you before. We will always be touched by beauty and there is always gonna be a place deep inside us 
which craves beauty and love. We should always choose to see this. You can reframe your perspective on life, even in hard times. You can look for the wonderment and find it in the smallest of things. You can form deeper, more meaningful connections to those who shared tough times with you. And you can see their beauty with more clarity too. I know that through adversity, I've also developed a deeper respect, admiration and understanding of the people that I've shared these times with. I've also been able to help people and guide them through their own storms by knowing and feeling their pain and having a deeper compassion and empathy for their situations. And yes, we all know that some adversity cannot be worked through. We all know that some of life's challenges cannot be overcome. Yet even in our times of utter despair and brokenness, when we reach the end of the road and we know we can't go on, yet still the human spirit has a remarkable gift of resilience. The ability to find beauty and human connection in the toughest of times. I hope that you too can find that gift of resilience when you need it most. Adversity changes us. We can't live through tough times without becoming transformed by the experience, somehow changed, altered, and with a new perspective. We don't know what life will throw at us but we can choose how we respond to this and to the wounds that adversity will inflict on us. I know I'm not the only one here today who has had difficulties in life. I hope that we can find the beauty, however ugly a situation we find ourselves in. We can choose to see the beauty and we can choose who to become. And Indeed, we can choose who we already are, creatures of spirit, able to transcend, able to rise above and beyond. Amen. Oh, thank you very much for that, Karina. It's a lot to think about. And so we have a, another opportunity to sing now. Um, this is a beautiful chant. I think some of you might remember singing it in, in church if you've joined us in Kensington. It's called Comfort Me, and it, it reminds me of our human need for comfort in times of adversity. I think it also reminds me that we can also dance and sing in the difficult times too. Perhaps hearing all of this can, can remind us all of the way that we can comfort and support one another as a community. So do please pick up a phone or send a text message or email or arrange to meet someone for a walk and a talk. If you feel yourself to be in need of some comfort and company, do please ask one of us, but also in our good times, let's remember to reach out to others who might be going through it a bit. So let's sing together, comfort me. Thank you. 
forgot to say that that recording was uh, taken in one of our church services. I'm sure all the rustling was me or one of you. But, uh, lovely to hear us singing. So we have some announcements now. Uh, my thanks go to Janine for all the behind the scenes work of hosting this Zoom gathering today and to Karina for all your input, both Zoom hosting and writing the address. This is, uh, yeah, it's a real pleasure to work with you both. And thanks to all of you for being here today. Um, this congregation has a life beyond Sunday mornings and we can look out for each other. So why not reach out with a text or an email sometime this week or come along to one of our other gatherings so that we can get to know one another better. And some of the uh, opportunities to get together this week include our Tuesday morning coffee morning. Then the heart and soul groups are meeting this evening and Friday. And if you've not been to one of those, they're, they're really deep, soulful spaces to uh, connect with other people, really recommended. And uh, the theme this week is lost and found. And we're inviting you all to sign up for our national summer school events, which again this year are happening online, um, which is great because we don't have to travel anywhere. They're starting this coming Saturday evening and um, you need to register by email in order to uh, get a link to connect with all of these events and to see what's happening. Uh, the theme is really inspiring. It's called Why Are We Here? Discerning Our Unitarian Mission in an Upturned World. And then next Saturday, Veronica has her birthday picnic in Kensington Gardens. Everybody's invited. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday in advance to you, Veronica. And um, get in touch, anybody who wants to know the details of where to meet for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who's made a donation recently. Um, these are really tricky times for any charity at the moment. And I know there are lots of charities asking for your support, but thank you to those of you who've made a donation or taken out a standing order recently. Um, at the end of this service, uh, after our closing music, we invite you to stay for a chat over a cuppa if you don't need to dash off. And for our closing words, I suggest we all click on gallery view now if you're able to do that on your device, because then we can see everybody in community together. And let me tell you a little bit about our closing music. It's played for us in um, a video by Peter Crockford. You actually get to see his hands playing. And um, he's introduced me yet again to a composer I'd not heard of. This is John Stanley's work. He was composing music in the 18th century. But let's just settle ourselves now for these closing words. Environmental activist, author and teacher, Joanna Macy writes that the, the heart that breaks open, the heart that breaks open, can contain the whole universe. In the days ahead, let us allow life's inevitable challenges to open our hearts, that we might know the world's suffering alongside its beauty. This is the inspiration of spirit. This is the liberation of love. And may the spirit that holds us all guide and protect us all the days of our lives. Let's say to that aspiration, Amen. Go well, each and every one of you, and blessed be.